0: fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker
1: welcome back for another og show live mr randall
0: how you doing What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down.
2: Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for New. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome
0: to, once again, Bass Fishing Advance uh, Brother... This is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome
3: podcast. back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Hey,
0: welcome back to the Maritza I'm your host, Crystal. Hey, welcome back to Off the Water Happy. Suze
4: you here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Rusty Hook
2: Kayak Fishing Podcast.
1: We're brought to you by
4: Welcome back, boys and girls, to another Palin Finn Noob show. I'm Susie Q.
2: And I'm Sean. Welcome, guys.
4: And uh, I am back from uh, having my uh, shoulder surgery. I can still kind of see one of my kind of stitches and incisions right there. But uh, doing pretty good. And, uh, you know... Not, i've been home for about a week and a half now Um, already itching to you know get back and doing things but uh you know i can't even hardly lift my arm straight out in front of me i mean i could do bicep curls for days but going up like that it's 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 bad news bears <laughs> yeah yep but uh today we've got uh an awesome guest lined up um because you know we're uh coming into september now which means uh it's gonna be fall soon which also means it's going to be time for the salmon run, which if you guys don't know, um, I fell in love with salmon fishing in 2015, I believe, 2015 or 2016 with my first event with the Great Lakes kayak fishing series and have just loved it ever since. Um, I've typically only gone in the fall, uh, you can, you know, chase them any other times of the year and whatnot. But, uh, man, feeling the power of a 25-pound-plus king salmon just pulling you around, it is unbelievable.
2: <laughs> I'm excited to hear about this. Oh, my gosh. It I,
4: I'm, it, it's making me, like, you know, just, you know— drool because i'm just like i get to hear all this salmon stuff even though i can't do it this fall i'm like oh god next year baby next year i can't wait (laughs) so without further ado we are going to bring in our special guest which is michael muniz aka the Chai city Yacker. welcome mike
3: Thank yeah, you welcome, guys. man. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm <laughs> happy to be here. Uh, love talking about fishing, especially salmon fishing. So, I've known um uh, Susie for quite a few years, she's been tearing it up, uh, bass fishing, and now we get to talk about some salmon stuff. Yes, <laughs> yes.
4: that's right, that's right. So, yeah, Mike, if you want to introduce yourself a little bit, tell everybody where you're from, you know, what you do, sure. and uh, all that fun stuff.
3: Yeah, sure. So, uh, Michael. Uh, I go by the, the online name Shy City Yacker. I'm from Chicago, and the, hence the shy comes from Chicago. Yeah, uh, you, know, you know, City Yacker. Um, and uh, despite the name, I fish all over. You know, so people find me in Indiana, Wisconsin. I'm like, well, your name is Shy City. You're you're, you're not just in Chicago. I, I follow the fish, and and that's one of the benefits about kayak fishing is you can really go to where the where they migrate, and we could talk about that as we get further into it. But I've been kayak fishing since 2013 and i started off in the kayak uh from a paddle kayak and jackson kayaks a uh, big rig at a kraken um started paddling i i was doing the bass fishing stuff for for maybe like the first year or so then i dabbled in lake michigan um and 2013 you know this wasn't like what kayak fishing is now there was there was it was very niche like even more niche than what it is now it was very
4: small, <laughs> Yes, very hand- a lot
3: of do it yourself right yeah oh, a lot of you're trying to like yeah you were really just paving your own way and i i had but a handful of of guys that were um experienced in kayak fishing like michigan uh rob wendell a lot of them jerry Urbanazo, phil um Yeah, score. Uh, god, I always screw up his last name. Sorry, (laughs) but uh, these are some (laughs) of the guys I I met early on that had been doing it for way you know, way back, so I leaned on them for a lot of the early years of just navigating it, and um, they've been great. Um, and so I started paddling fishing Lake Michigan, which is like really hard to run, (laughs) right? You're doing this and trying to, yeah, and I quickly was like, okay, this isn't gonna work. Um, so I progressed into a PA pro angler 14 and that's where I then started getting like, okay, I'm getting this now. I got hands free, started learning more. And, um, the the first couple of times, a lot of learning and and fumbles, if you will, just kind of, you know, dropping this in the water doing Mm -hmm. this, you know, those (laughs) growing pains in the kayak out on big open water, not to mention just the initial nerves of it all. You know, I, I, I like to, live on the edge but but there's something a little bit um butt clenching about being out in the open water <laughs> yeah. uh and this, this you know you're in this little vessel and the shoreline's about this big uh, <laughs> that is both exhilarating and also like oh my god if something happens right now I'm so screwed um but it was a rush for me and I got addicted to that on top of the fishing which you know, listen. I commend all my fellow bass anglers, but we don't live in a in a state where we get big bass like Florida or Alabama. You know, Texas, where you you know five pounds is a small fish. You
2: know?
3: <laughs> yeah. So I, I got tired of two pound bass um, in the Cook County Forest Preserves. that are stunted, and uh, I I quickly just fell in love with the salmon. Um, you know, to me. Um, there's a real um there's a real kind of um mental factor that goes into it in terms of um putting together so many different elements of weather patterns water temps currents running spreads and and it's almost like a math equation right like if you line up all these variables and when you get it right and you get that reward which is that salmon it's like the best feeling you know um not to say that going out for bass fishing um, isn't challenging. You still got to do these kinds of things. But generally, you could pitch over a, a grass mat and pull a bass out with a frog bait or whatever, buzz baits, whatever. Salmon is so much harder, pelagic. They're swimming around. There's so much water. Where do you even go? Um, so I, I got addicted to that. I got addicted to that that aspect of, of, of like, um, putting all the pieces together and figuring it out and then being rewarded with this salmon, which, by the way, tastes amazing. I mean, it's <laughs> home. <laughs> yes. And and for the record, you know, uh, I'm working on a video where um, doing the math on is it cheaper to just buy salmon from the store or go. <laughs> <laughs> go buy it in the grocery store. <laughs> but um, that being said, I... I got into salmon fishing hardcore i stopped inland fishing for bass anyway and probably since about 2015 my focus has all been on uh salmon fishing you know kayak fishing lake michigan and it's i've i've worked to become i guess people will say i'm like a specialist in this area um i've since i started kayak fishing i created a youtube channel and for most of the years that i had the channel it was largely just a uh uh you know a place to put these adventures at right more for my own honestly early on for just my own archival purposes you know i had a career going on and never, i just took it as for fun as a hobby I'd put, put up videos share some stuff info as i learned it i'd pass on the knowledge as, as best i could um and um you know you fast forward to 2020 a year that changed the entire country and world where where we had um you know that nasty bug come around that had everybody <laughs> quarantining um January of that year, uh I, I was in the radio commercial uh music industry and and radio music industry. Um, so podcasts and talking and radio is all very familiar ground for me. Uh, but they did a series of cuts before COVID actually happened, they just did nationwide cuts and I was let go after over a decade of time on the radio with this company. Um but you know, one door closes, another one opens. Uh, I took that as a sign that uh, the, the sign to just pursue this passion, right. And, and go all in on it and commit to being full-time content creating um, expanded and opened up my Lake Michigan kayak fishing business. So I guide, if you will, I really, more so, call, you know, feel like it's coaching than guiding. I think when you go guiding on a boat, they take you out, they charter you, they set up everything, you just reel in the fish, right? Um, whereas on these kayak fishing trips, you're in your own kayak. I can't do anything for you in your kayak. So it's, I'm really coaching people along, explaining to them, this is why we're gonna go here. This is what to look for. Look at the water, look how your rods are pulling, to really educate them so they can take that information from a trip and build on it to go out for themselves. Ultimately, people wanna be able to do this for themselves. And let's be real, not have to pay for a trip every so often, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do my best to educate them. It's like a one-on-one, you know, experience. And any question I can answer, I will. Uh, we go through everything. And um, that's a large part of what I've been doing since um, 2020, uh, really focusing on the, on the content creation um, on YouTube and social media, um, working with different brands to uh create content uh uh uh, ugc they call it user user generated content so i'll make stuff up for various brands like angle or yak attack uh, more recently um so yeah it it, i've been doing this journey and and it's really been the last two years more like full-time you know treating it like like a business and trying to grow it um and educate and uh, as many ways as i can hosting webinars uh throughout the year, throughout the different seasons. So people can kind of get a class and and apply that when they go on the water is maybe the refreshers or they're new to it. Um and so that's where their journey is now and, and it's it's been amazing. Uh it's not easy. It's very niche area. It's not like um bass fishing where it it's you know there's billions of dollars in bass fishing. <laughs> you know, the industry is huge when it comes to bass fishing, man. It really is salmon fishing not so much it's very it's very you know niche um but i've managed to position myself um in in a, in a to a place where uh when people think of uh kayak fishing lake michigan uh, my name tends to come up in in the conversations and uh and um so you know like last year i have a great relationship with old town fantastic kayaks i'm, I'm not on the pro team by anything like that but i have a great relationship with them and uh, I've done projects with them. They've brought me out to the Pacific Northwest last year. This year, next week, as a matter of fact, we have a big project here on Lake Michigan. So we're gonna be filming and really, really cool stuff. Um, and and it's cool because when people think of salmon and Lake Michigan, it's hey, we, we you know, call Michael. Let's see we what info we can get. Can he help us out here or whatever the case may be? And and that's really. Um, for me that that is a sign that okay things are going in the right direction um it's also very flattering you know people consider me i mean the fact that you guys reached out to me uh to have me on your podcast um you know it's like dude i'm I'm so flattered and um anytime i can offer any anything to anyone uh when it comes to salmon fishing i'm i'm there let me you know count me in I love to talk about it. I uh, love to go out there and do it. In fact, I'll be out tomorrow mornings. So <laughs> batteries are charging right now, you know, nice. right now to get, to get on everything. Um, and so, so that's where I'm at right now. And um, I'm excited to see where um, things continue to grow as, as, as we keep going forward with it. Yeah.
2: I think it's cool that you kind of got in on the ground floor of that, of the salmon side of kayak fishing. Cause you know, as it grows and expands, you're going to be that name. Like when we think of bass fishing and we think of names like, uh, Chad Hoover and, and those kind of names, that's going to be you, uh, with the, I mean, it already is, uh, it sounds like a lot of uh, what you're saying, but, um, just knowing that you, you are kind of the pillar of a pillar of that side of the kayak angling industry is kind of cool.
3: Yeah. I, I aspire to be, you know, and, and there's, you know, there's other folks that, uh, obviously I, I wouldn't, be in a position I'm in w- w- without their help, like Rob Windows, a huge part of that, and, and the guys that I, I think we mentioned prior to going live right now. I, I mentioned some other guys like, uh, like Jerry and Phil. Um, you know, some of these kind of like the OGs of the early days. I mean, these guys are in some unnamed brand of kind yeah. <laughs> you know learning the ropes, and and so I'm very fortunate that I was able to kind of uh, have them kind of guide me early, and then now as as peers you know we're always we're always talking about um new techniques and how we're you know what 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 can we evolve in in, in terms of kayak fishing for salmon you know do we run a dipsey on your thing do you want to run a copper on it the pros and cons we you know and and i'm at a point now where i do a lot of, a lot of my time is on the water experimenting with you know what's what's the next thing what's the next thing that we can do um you know, I I get it that if if the if it's not broke don't fix analogy kind of a thing, um, but at the same time it's also cool to find new things at work and 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 then kind of share that and and see where it goes.
2: That's awesome.
3: Well, I'm sure as as advan-
2: or advances come out like uh you know the different sonars and stuff and you know motors and I, I'm sure that's going to change the game you know and as long as you're able to stay ahead of that and you know you know like you said have those conversations with your peers and how how is this going to impact us how can we use these new tools to you know make this even easier or uh not easier necessarily but you know definitely use it to benefit because i have a feeling being out on big water like that with a motor is a lot more comforting than uh not uh well paddling especially
3: yeah yeah for sure um paddling it can be done but man it's you're you're really doing like a circus show trying to (laughs) hold yeah like it's it's a lot and if you're serious about kayak fishing lake michigan at minimum you need pedals to to be efficient um i'm a firm believer that the more efficient you are in your kayak on lake michigan it's gonna it's gonna pay off with, with better results, you know. The more you're streamlined with your setup, uh, I tell people uh, have a setup and start to get into a, a workflow on your kayak. How do you set your lines? Do it in a certain order. Uh, organize your tackle certain way so that you're very efficient within that. Because these bite periods can be very short. And if you're bumbling around, if you're doing this, if things are not, if you don't have a system in place, you're wasting time. You're wasting time and you'll miss these opportunities. Um, you know, one of the biggest uh things that I've come to learn and, and as part of my success on Lake Michigan, it's always been about taking advantage of the opportunity, whether it's uh the winds are perfect or we got a strong blow and it cooled off the water near shore. When you when you see these kind of things happen, you need to be ready to get out in the water. Now, I granted, since I now do this full-time, I <laughs> go out on a Thursday at whatever time when people <laughs> I get that I get that however I'm sure many of you have sick days burn one burn one you know you don't have to be sick to use a sick day burn a sick day when, when we get that good west wind or a strong south wind that blows in the the, the, the cold water up and <coughs> right, right off in front of harbors or near shore and, and, and bang out some fish you know um, and to what you were saying about uh technology i, I just recently added live scope plus and yes. man, how you that is being there's so much i'm gathering right now in terms of information i look forward to sharing that and down the road maybe in a webinar about uh, learning so much about salmon behavior in the water how i can see my spread i can see and i've been sharing clips on my instagram um from the salmon i just posted one today of me jigging, right? Yeah. Jigging, I was, show I was me showing that. him that, that earlier, and
4: I'm like, "Dude, look at this! You can see his jig popping up, and then you can see that salmon see just fish go, and
3: geez. the tail when it, it it came. The way I had it before, it came. So the uh, I'm gonna see. I'm trying to get the perspective here on the camera, but <laughs> if my jig is here, let's say let's say I'm back here, the jig's in front of me. The fish swiped up like this, so it came head first. And what I've noticed is a lot of salmon attack from the front. You know, when we think of trolling, you think they're just going to come up from behind Behind. and boom. A lot of times they come in, from what I've seen so far, Mm -hmm. they'll come in forward and come down on it or come up. They're coming at some kind of angle generally, and they'll either smack it at the angle or they'll they'll come right by it, pass by it, do a quick U-turn and smack it. So it's really interesting. Very few times have I watched them come up from just behind, swim up behind and just mm-hmm. take it so learning a lot about these fish behaviors how they're how they're hitting the baits uh you see them more than anything i'm telling you it's driving me nuts already <laughs> watching them come up to here's the lure and you put their nose on it and they will and they just turn away like no it was right there <laughs> come on so I, I'm, I'm i'm learning a lot and it's really exciting um on on uh you know because you can have this scope stuff it doesn't mean the fish are going to bite it does not mean they're gonna bite, you know. At best you can see it, it can irritate you.
4: About to <laughs> other guys
3: that that say, Yeah, you know what, I use live scope now just to see find them, and then I turn it off and just fish it. Because if I have to watch them not eat my lure, I'm just gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So lot, I think that's I think that's an area where I I believe in the salmon fishing area, trolling, we're gonna see more adaptation on, on boaters potentially kayakers adding live scope. Um, And, and, you know, Garmin just recently uh, released their newest versions, the Plus, which I recently got, and then the XR, the extended range, which now that one they purposely made for big water, for essentially trolling applications, right, or or, uh, for the ocean as well. But you could take that and shoot that out to 500 feet. So if you're in a boat, you're going to be able to see your riggers, your dipsies, And maybe, maybe some of your lead cores, you know, Um, so you got a lot of range, so you can see a lot more of your, of your spread. And I think that's where in the electronic side, I think, I, I think more boats will start to tinker around with that.
4: Oh yeah, for sure. So, you know, you're talking about, you know, some of these terms and everything, you know, you're talking about flashers and dipsies and lead core and all this stuff. And I'm sure a lot of people listening and watching are just like, (laughs) what the hell is he talking about? That would
2: be me (laughs) because I I don't know anything. I'm like, that sounds amazing, (laughs) but yeah.
4: So um what I'd like to do next is to um you know kind of start off uh with you know okay you know we've heard you know what you do and everything with uh salmon fishing and whatnot. So like okay I wanna go. Can I just grab my bass rod and my bass lure and just go salmon fishing now? What does it take?
3: <laughs> yeah. Depending on the year you could technically, yes. You 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 could get away with like your flicker shads, some cranks, uh square bills, um, in a bass oh, rock. Gosh. And yeah, yeah, it depends on the <laughs> time of the year. You know, the great thing about Lake Michigan is that you can fish it year round. Ice, no ice, summer, when it it doesn't you can fish it year round, and there's always something to fish for. Now, you know, we think of salmon and trout, obviously. But a lot of people don't talk about the smallmouth fishing. It's it's so slept on on on, on specifically the southern end, right? When, when I'm talking mm-hmm. about Indiana waters, uh, Illinois waters, and and and, and in, into Wisconsin, but largely Illinois and Indiana. You know, you talk about the small fishing that that's available that isn't really being uh, spoken on. And I'm sure the hardcore guys that do do it are probably not really liking that I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> There are tremendous opportunities. I'm convinced that there's there's state records just in, in these two uh, state waterways. Um, you've got the perch this year so far. It's been actually an upswing in perch. It's been really impressive to see the perch fishing that's been happening since, I would say, last November. And it's held up throughout the year with fish coming in and out. But the fish been, been have been caught in the numbers. I've, I've been Something to talk about. It's it's actually impressive. Um you've got beautiful pike and almost every harbor. Like there's just so many, so many fish, you know, to, to to fish. So even on those days where you can't go off, fish for salmon, you could work you can fish in a harbor all day for smallies, crappie, there's catfish in there, the pike, a lot of opportunities. Um, but if you're if you want to get out, depends on the time of the year in the early spring, uh, pre, uh, ice up and like that late, early winter, late fall, early winter period, still cold out. Water's really, really cold. You can fish a lot of these harbors with a crankbait and a bass rod or a spinning rod and get into brown trout. You can get to some steelhead. You're going to catch some pike in there, some big drum, (laughs) Uh, you'll pop some smallmouth. But if you really want to get into like focus specifically on the salmon then yeah you're gonna need to upgrade some equipment um buy some things that are more salmon specific uh because a lot of of what salmon fishing entails is uh uh, reproduction meaning if i let out this rig uh 50 feet back and a fish hits that's letting me know that that lure that i put out 50 feet back Is going down into the right strike zone where these fish are at so I want to be able to replicate that on my other rods to increase my hookup opportunities Um, so that's where line counters come in so you can count your your amount of feet out Uh, you want to be able to count your depth properly Um, in a kayak most of us use torpedo weights it's a way to clip on a weight onto your line to then take it down to work your deeper depths 40 50 60 70 feet down um, some people will put on kayak downriggers. Um, I'm not personally a fan of it, but it is an option and they can be done. So you would work that downrigger manually, just like you would something like on a boat. So it works the same way. You clip on your line, takes your, your, your rig down. Um, uh, and then you'll have different kinds of setups, early spring, late fall, going into like the winter period before ice up. Crankbaits are fantastic for a variety of fish. Coho, browns, steelhead will all smash them up in that time period when the water is really cold. Um, When you move into like your spring, you start moving into your dodger flies. That's when you start getting the the coho to start doing their migratory spring run. Um, And uh, that's about the best time of the year to get them because they're, the water's cold. That meat is is just cold and fresh. You cut them open. That meat is b- nuclear orange and delicious. <laughs> um, so you'll move into your Dodger flies. Your Dodgers are just six-inch pieces of metal. Um, and the flies, you, you know, people think of flies. If you fly fish, you might think of like those little flies, or something like that. But we call them flies, but they're actually um, basically just treble hooks that have a skirt of tinsel wrapped around in some color variation, blues, greens, whatever. There's a a wide range of tinsel colors and combinations, Um, but your blues and your greens are typical what work year round and you can never go wrong with. Now these flies themselves, they don't have an action. It's just a skirt that slides up and down the line, most cases with a hook and some beads on it. So you use the dodger to impart the action. And so that six inch dodger, wobbles like this and what that does is when you have your your leader to your fly at about three times the wrap of that of that dodger so you're looking about 18 inches roughly um you're gonna use 40 maybe 50 pound uh leader line mono or floral line that thicker line then uh because it's stiffer and when that uh dodger wobbles that stiffer line translates that action to the fly. So now that fly is doing this in the water, it's flopping around. So, um, that is what essentially we use for your, your salmon in the spring in well into the summer. Uh, folks will use that in the summertime. It's very productive as well. We, we actually did a uh, video for Lake Michigan angler with, uh, one of the youngest charter captains in the fleet, uh, captain, um, Blake Hewlin, from, um, storm forest charters and uh that was one of his big secrets is he's using our stubby dodgers which are six inch dodgers, but they're they're fatter wider than the regular double o dodgers um it's been it's like one of the hottest things in our area and it's starting to get the word starting to get out around the great lakes lake michigan and different areas um, especially on the michigan side they're starting to catch wind of it and starting to look for them they're just super effective the wider base on them make is a, it's a more aggressive wobble which means that fly is a lot more aggressive than the slimmer double O's. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was using them in the summertime. We went on a trip. we, we, we It was a lights out fishing. Um, so you can use that spring all the way through the summertime period. Um, and it's very effective. And then you have your flashers. You move into your flashers. You can use those in the spring. Summertime, they really start to shine. These are eight inch uh, you know, eight inch uh, uh, boards. You have a couple different kinds. You have like your spin doctor kinds. You have your standard uh, flasher styles, straight board. And then these things kind of rotate over like this. And so your fly, same concept, put the fly behind it. And that adds a different kind of looping and it kicks. The fly kind of kicks around. And so these two device, these two products um, give you a different action with the same kind of a fly and sometimes they just want the wobbling thing versus the full rotating <laughs> thing um generally though flashers really shine when you, when you get into that summer period when, when when you have kings around um generally tends to get your bigger fish your kings your bigger coho we'll take that um, a lot of times your dodgers is more of like a numbers game you kind of get your numbers you get your lake trout off of it you can get, you can get your coho off of it But when you're looking for like the kings in the area, you're putting flashes in the water, just that bigger, uh, you know, it's a bigger attractant in the water. It displaces more water. So, you know, these fish are seeing it very visual. They can feel it and it brings them into your spread. And from there, they'll either take the fly um, or they'll break off of it. As I've watched them on the live scope, they'll break off of it. And you might be running a spoon a little bit above and further back off of that where the flasher fly was a lot of times they'll come in they'll look at it that flasher drew them in they don't take the fly cool they break off and they go up oh and what's coming up behind here well the flat the spoon and they'll hit your spoon oh. and so that's the idea we're running a spread is you're 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 looking to um uh, uh lay out your 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 bait you know in a in this organized fashion so as fish come into the spread uh they're drawn in by something they might not take that one but as they peel off you've got other things that are way back behind coming in that they might uh take then and so that that's how um the fishing is done and i see you got some pictures there yeah you've you know that that orange one that's that's a standard dodger color orange bright orange uh double o dodger is is about as standard as as you can get for coho fishing um, you've got the Spin Doctor all the way to the right. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a uh, flasher. It's a different style. It's unique to Dreamweaver. Uh-huh. And then you got the Wonder Bread. Uh, just a standard f- flasher right there. As you can see, some of them have fins on the back. Some of them don't. Um, and that's going to be in every Salmon Angler's uh, arsenal is, is are those two or three various types of, of dodger uh, and flashers
2: and those are, are are trolled um you're not casting or retrieving that yeah correct,
3: correct. yeah those are being trolled you're, you're putting them on your downriggers uh if you're in the kayak specifically we're putting those on torpedo weights or um or round ball weights um i personally like going with heavier round balls um i actually picked this up when i was in the pacific northwest you know our 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 fishing cousins out there that uh, you know have been fishing for salmon Lot longer than we have, really, because our schnooks are from from there, the west coast. They're the Toolies. The, uh, uh, so, you know, going out there observing how they fish, um, I picked up some things. And so now, with flashers, because these things are are they create a lot of drag in the water. So, going with a lighter weight means you're gonna blow back uh, blow back your lines more. So, those are torpedo right there. The biggest size they make is a size 12, 12 ounce, I believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, wow. twelve oh. ounce. I oh my I God. use, a, yeah, I use a sixteen or a twenty ounce round ball now, and oh, wow. specifically Ooh. with flashers, just with the flasher because I want it to get down and stay down with minimal blowback on my line, and it's something I picked up from the West Coast guys, and it actually done really well for me this year, so. That's been a, um, uh, a a little something that I haven't really said. And for those that are listening, it's, it's been a little, I don't say a trick, but it's certainly been a difference and increased my uh, flasher fishing this year for sure compared to previous years. <laughs> it's helping a lot. So as you can imagine, it's a lot to reel up and set lines. <laughs> yeah. You know, your rod is bent over. So you got to have a good rod holder and all these kinds of things. But yeah, you're going to troll those. You're going to troll those. Um, the other option is lead core. Really effective out of a kayak is lead core. Um, you could put it on a lead core line and, and just set that back. And lead core is essentially just a—it's—it's um, it's basically a very thin lead line that is covered in a in a, a sheathing material. And as you let out more uh, colors, they call them colors. There's 30 feet in one color. So as you let out one color, it gets you approximately about five feet down. So if you do five colors of lead core, you're down around 25 feet, more or less. So you use that as a way to get depth as well. These are your long lines. They're stretched out way behind you. So you can run other rods tighter and lower and deeper next to you. And then you can run that straight off your back way off. And it's doing its own thing back there. And, um, I'm convinced that out of a kayak lead core is probably going to be your best producing rod out of a kayak, um, and I can dive into that. But it, it, there's there's a whole thing about why I believe it it's so effective. Really is good.
4: What kind of uh, rod uh, do you or well rods do you typically use like length or brand or anything? And like do you have yeah. any recommendations for what you would recommend for you know somebody just getting into everything?
3: Yes, um, if you're just getting into it, what I always recommend is going the very affordable route, um, because if one, if you drop it, if it falls out of rod holder, if you flip, God forbid, um, and you don't have your stuff leashed, it's you're, you know it's better to lose a few dollars than a lot of dollars. Um, one of the great, one of the one of one of the best rods I've come across um, uh, is the. Um, Ugly stick GX two series rods. They're like 49 bucks. They're ugly stick. They could take a beating. Yes, and, exactly. and here's something that, uh, you know, I want uh, to, I want to, I want to say the folks that are, are thinking about doing this kind of stuff is that we're trolling. It's not like you're bass fishing where you need to feel sensitivity. You don't want to feel that, that bite on the worm or a jig where we're trolling. It's a reactionary bite. Um, you don't need a rod a $300 name this <laughs> brand uh rod, uh, because it's just being trolled. You can get away with a $20 Shimano TDR, you can get away with a $49 Ugly Stick GX2. They're seven foot get the mediums. And if you're going to use them for like the deep water applications, or, like using torpedoes, I would go with the medium heavies, they're seven foot. Don't break the bank. Very affordable. And again, if you lose them, it's not as bad as a a loss. They do really, really well. And you could beat them up in the kayak. You know, one thing about the kayak is when you're in there, you're fumbling stuff. I'm always whacking my rods in there. I'm always, I'm hitting it against the fish finder. I'm hitting it against the rail. (laughs) My rods are just always, I'm banging them up on something. I go to put it in the rod holder and I hit it against the, it's so (laughs) you want a rod that can take some abuse. Um, And uh, I really recommend those, those ugly sticks they're they're just a great price point and they get the job done uh you can pair that with a a Kuma magda series like their entry-level line counters if you want to step it up the cold waters are about the best value for your money reliable drag system you really can't go wrong with the cold water series for your for your to pair it up with and you know out the door for for two rods two reels you're looking at uh three 350 you know ballpark range um but those are really all you would need you know put on some line 20 pound braid 30 pound braid uh put a little backing on it like 100 pound i'm sorry 20 pound 100 yards 20 pound mono backing and then put your braid on over that 250 300 yards and that's your setup i mean it, it really is as simple as that um now that's for like the starters i personally like longer rods though so in my videos when i'm fishing my rods are like what are they eight six nine 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 something i got nines the reason why is is i like the um having that that separation right so when you think about when i put the rods on the rod holders from tip to tip across that's natural like uh a spread Right, I don't have to have necessarily um, uh, planers on there. I can just put them in the rod holders, and there's some natural separation from tip to tip on those two lines behind me. Because what happens is when you're trolling, if you're not careful on on your on your turns, if you turn too quick, um, you can have a uh, or if you're turning in a cross current, those that current can blow your lines over. If you get a fish on. And you're Curio- I was just going to ask you about that. I'm like, oh, a, I'm <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, I get I'm tangled
2: running. with one line. I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, try running three lines, but um, yeah, that is that's exactly what happens, or that's exactly how you'll end up getting your lines tangled and be a nightmare out in there, out in the open water, trying to undo it all. It's it's. So I personally like longer rods. Other folks like the shorter seven footers it's a preference thing. I I just, for me, I like the longer ones. It gives me that separation and it's a little bit more forgiving when I do turn, if I happen to turn a little too, too tight. Um, it's just a little bit more forgiving. Yeah.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
4: What about, um, so I know, um, when I first, uh, was, um, competing in the Great Lakes kayak fishing series, uh salmon event, you know, I was super like intimidated. I'm like, Oh my God, it's Lake Michigan. Like I could die <laughs> <It> <laughs> type of thing, you know, cause you're just like, I've never been, I don't know what I'm doing. What happens if I flip over? What happens if I catch a fish and things go wrong and stuff like that, you know? And so, um, I know I had first looked into getting, um, like a dry suit type of thing, but, uh, I was like, well, you know, how often am I going to be doing this? Is it going to be worth that investment type of thing? Um, cause I know dry suits are pretty pricey, pricey. Yeah. but <laughs> when it comes to, uh, you know, your life, um, yeah, definitely worth it. So yeah, some of the safety aspects of things, uh, what would you recommend to people getting started?
3: Sure. You're, there's there's definitely a minimum things you're going to need if you're going to do this. Now, um, if you're strictly fishing a harbor that's largely protected, obviously things could still happen there. I remember years ago in Milwaukee Harbor, in McKinley, it was a king run. We're fishing in there. Um, a, a person that we all know hooked up with a, a salmon and it, it dragged them into a dock and he flipped. And uh, water was pretty cold. So things can still happen even in harbors. Um, so, you know, you want to be protected. Now, it's one of those things, you know, if, if, you, if you believe you're going to be doing this and really, really fishing throughout the year for the salmon and trout, especially in the cold water, cold temp, you know, periods of the year, you're going to want to have one. Um, if you are just dabbling in it, it, you're fishing in the summer water's warm temps warm in the fall now what you know temps are still warm Water's still reasonable in the 60s i mean you're not you're not you're gonna fall in you're not gonna get hypothermia right away right you're, you're gonna have time to recover and and um and if you're in a the harbor there's generally people around but uh you know going offshore going out into the open water definitely want to consider that uh for your safety you know to to prevent mitigate Anyway, uh, the onset of hypothermia falling into that cold water. You're going to want a marine radio for sure. You need to have a marine radio. You need to be familiar with how to call into the Coast Guard for an emergency, a mayday, mayday call, basic, level 101 kayak, kayaking, just general. You should know that. Um, you're going to want lights and flags for your visibility. I can't stress, and I see it right now. It's one thing that, that you know, it's hard – you know i find myself in this weird situation where i want to say something but then i don't want to come off uh come across like i'm some kind of karen on the water <laughs> like, you're, you're in you're in here you don't have lights i i could barely see you of a boat or sailboat rolls into the harbor they're going to run you over cuz they can't see you so it's it's like yes. you know how do you approach that uh, you know i always find myself in a weird situation cuz again i don't want to come off as yeah, well, what are you doing? <laughs> well, no, nah, but you know, but um, you tend to see that a lot now in the fall because everyone and their mama, you, <laughs> you you could tell who's 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 fishing just for the fall kings, and that's like the only time they come on like Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, got the, the, their big fancy bass boats, and they just park themselves in the middle of the channel, which is a navigable. Oh auto, you know, you're blocking, you're blocking the traffic. It's illegal. You know, pull off to the side. You see those guys. You see the kayak guys with no lights in the dark so oh, it's yeah. it's uh, it's hard this time of year because you know it's like come on guys i i want to educate people but now again i don't want to come across as you know that right. that one so it's and
4: i know weird. with illinois if you have a motor on your kayak you do have to have like the the red green navigation lights right
3: is that a yeah like you if you have a motor league you're supposed to um it's interesting and it's something that I need to follow up on. I, I, you know, kind of like uh, heard through the grapevine, so I don't know if there's any truth to it. But someone that I know that I would believe said that uh, Coast Guard advises against it, which seems kind of counterintuitive. So I think there's a little bit, and I, I think the 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 reasoning was that um, they don't want bigger vessels to think you're able to move quickly. Because right. if they no, like like, you, mm-hmm. you, you can move out of the way when you have a little trolling motor, I got a 45-pound thrust. I'm like, I'm not skyrocketing out of right. the right.
4: <laughs> watch me <Yeah>. go <laughs> miles an hour. <never.
3: laughs> yeah. yeah, so that, that was what I what I heard. And at this point, I, it's just hearsay. You know, like sure. I need to figure that out. But uh, I, I guess it doesn't hurt the more lights to have um, to be visible, you know, definitely want that i just recently made a one of those big led lightsaber lights um and it's great you can't you you hit me with that on you you were not paying attention in the boat (laughs) (laughs) boat at the end of the at the court proceedings i'm gonna have a new boat guys so um lights radio pfd um an air horn of some sort something that you can mm-hmm. you know blow in case boats coming at you to get their attention is great um and uh those those are kind of like the must-haves you know the p and and the the dry suit again if you're someone that believes you're going to really get into this and fish. Lake Michigan year round, you're gonna you make the investment. It's it's six seven hundred dollars, maybe five, depending on what you get. But generally, like that five to seven hundred dollar range is, mm-hmm. is you're gonna get yourself a decent uh dry suit. Big tip right here um get the the uh get the dry suits that have the relief zipper. Because I'm telling you, you get into that thing, and all of a sudden you have to go pee, and you don't have to take off the whole thing. It's right there. Um you, It's you don't want to be stuck in the water with having to pull that whole thing off. So, get, get a relief zipper. Don't be cheap. Yeah.
2: Don't be cheap. I, can, I can echo that sentiment. That for sure. I That's one thing on my dry suit that I uh, well, definitely.
3: Well, let me uh, let me ask you guys this. I swear to you, I don't have any. I don't have any scientific anything on this but i'm telling you every time i'm in my kayak i swear i have to i have to pee more have you guys have you is that a thing can you have you know Have anything or is it in, just, the,
4: in the colder months i kind month? of notice it
3: in I, the it's colder near times, for me. yeah in I, the I,
4: summertime I, not as much okay. because well i mean it, it, it's hot or whatever i'm probably sweating more you know mm-hmm. than anything but like definitely in the spring and fall like i'll notice i'll just be like Dang it. I got to go again.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's I, my theory is that because we're scrunched down, your bladder's compressed that mm-hmm. less is being able to, you know, it's compressing it. So the little bit you get in there, you got to release it right away. That makes sense. It sounds logical anyway. I, 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 I mean, you guys got it easy to, you know, be
4: able to go I, as listen, it is. I, you know, us ladies, it's a, <laughs> it's a little bit more challenging.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're right. We we can just write down the scupper hole and call it a day. I mean, yep. yeah, I, I, especially with a dry suit on. I can't imagine. Right? That's, you know, hey, maybe
4: maybe that could be something you could uh, pitch to like a company or something <laughs> like that. Hey, if you can make a woman version of a dry suit where it's just like a whole zipper hatch. Where it just sits and you open everything. Hey, man, I would buy that. It's like I, seriously,
3: you need to you need to do your own line of that, and and there you go.
4: Right. <laughs> oh my
2: yeah. So, so, Michael, I was gonna. Oh, go ahead, Susie. Oh. You want to go first?
4: Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to ask you, um, just because, you know, I'm still kind of curious and learning about this, too. So when you're using like the Dodgers and Flashers, what exactly are you sort of like imitating or trying to replicate in the water that, you know, those salmon and trout are going to be going after?
3: Yeah, yeah. No, great question. Because it, 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 it seems very odd, right? When you look at these things, like, wh- mm-hmm. why would this work? So the, the, the longstanding belief is that um, when you have these Dodgers and Flashers, they're wobbling and or rotating. And as these rotations and this wobbling is happening, is it's reflecting light. A lot of these Flashers and Dodgers have um, some kind of reflective tape on it, a UV tape or glow tape or whatever. So the idea and belief is that they imitate feeding salmon into a school of fish that the flashes imitate a salmon flash when they run into uh, a bait ball or to attack a fish, right? They turn that their silver sides reflect in the light, hits them. So the belief is that it imitates feeding salmon. Now the fly behind it that's just doing this is uh, meant to look like an injured bait. So as a a salmon goes into a bait school, right, a, a bait pod, they attack. They slash their tail around. It disorientates some of the bait fish. So those bait fish are like, you know, wobbling around. Oh, what am I doing? You know. <laughs> um, and then, so that's the that's what it's made. That's the belief is that what's going on in the water. And so another salmon looks, and it's like, oh, this one's feeding. Let me see what's going on. These fish are curious, especially coho. Coho are super curious fish. Um, so they'll come in and take a look. And as they come in, they're drawn to the the flash and the vibration in the water. Something's going on. They they draw into it. And as they get closer, then they see that fly there. It's like, oh, this is an easy meal. Let me go ahead and take it. So in in simplest terms, that's the idea um, as to, you know, how it works and why it works and and the belief.
2: Okay. Cool. Um, I was going to ask... is there seasons or how does that work? Like, is there times when you can't fish for salmon? And and like, I know in, in PA we have trout season. You can kind of fish for bass most of the year. There are a few uh, like during the spawn when you're not supposed to target them or, you know. But uh does that work the same way out there or, you know, with salmon?
3: No, yeah. So, you know, the great thing about Lake Michigan is um it's a year-round fishery for salmon and okay. trout. Okay. Yeah, nice. as, long as, you, as long as you can fish, you can, you can fish it year round, and that's it's really great. Uh So, no restrictions on it, you know, other than your daily limits, Uh and mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can have at it. I'm I'm telling you, you can fish, that you can fish yeah. it. That sounds amazing. Yeah, year round, and and we're very fortunate, man. You know, when I when Old Town brought me out to the Pacific Northwest for for a fishing project. To experience the fall king rung out, out, of, out of the pnw um it was an experience beautiful landscape uh-huh. fishing in a different in these rivers different environment combat fishing it's incredible how 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 much of a combat fishery that is and how fragile that fishery is because they can shut the season down any given day you know they can shut it down if they uh, if 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 too many fish are as they call it come in contact with, because you have to report all these things, it's a very strictly run fishery. Um, when they hit quotas, they'll shut down these fisheries, and you can't hmm. fish for, you know, uh, stocked uh, stocked toolies, or you can't oh. fish and catch uh, up upriver with rights And you know, when I was there, the steelhead fishing fishery was closed altogether because their their numbers are so low. They're like super endangered or whatever so it um i came back here just really grateful and and realized how um i believe lake michigan might be the the greatest salmon fishery in the world in terms of you know your catch rate and the abundance of of fish that you can come here right like out there it's like one fish maybe two fish limits here it's five You know, you can you know out there we were we were relegated to just one rod in the water.
4: Oh wow and
3: like and that was very weird to me if fish one rod. I'm like I oh, wow. do like, like what? What? <laughs> what am I gonna do? Yeah, very different. Um came back here and I'm like man, we're we're very fortunate. And and granted, our, our fishery is a put and take system, they're stocked, they're meant to be pulled, and that's just how it is. Out there, they're managing a wild resource, wild. yeah. And not only is uh fish from the pnw these fish are running up those rivers all the way up into canada so they have quotas so that the 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 canadians can get some fish that's why they'll cut it off so that they'll allow enough fish to go up the river so that the canadians have a chance at those fish and to stock and restock so there's a whole it's a there's a lot out there and it's it's a very challenging um so i i'm very grateful here on lake michigan how easy we got it i guess or or just you know how good we got it with with our our fishery so yeah take advantage cool
2: and i was curious too um, i mean you were talking about in that video uh um, where uh you're jigging now that that's obviously not trolling correct that you're right. just sitting above them and um what kind of jig is that is that more like more like a traditional bass jig or or what does that look like
3: yeah no so um yeah, different times of the year you can do different things. You know, most times you're gonna be trolling out in the open water, but there are mm-hmm. periods of the year, spring, the fall, winter, where these fish are in harbors, they concentrate up, and that makes it prime opportunity to jig, um, which is a blast. I mean, there's nothing like jigging for a king. It's it's the the top, top of the top in terms of catching a king, <laughs> jigging for him. Because you're using a medium action spinning rod. Your, your standard drop shot rod, or if you're a walleye guy, your standard jigging rod, you know, that you use okay. for
2: walleye, you're going to use. Can't wow. I can't mean, imagine. <laughs> wow.
3: Yeah. You know, and you're catching 20-plus pound kings on this thing, and they're sh- sh- your rod just. <laughs> 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 um, but no, in that video, I was actually using one of the tried and true. It's like an old, old old, Lake Michigan classic setup for jigging for kings, which is just a 3-8-ounce darter jig head with a 5-inch white gulp minnow. And there's something about that setup that um, pre-run, I find, before they, like when they start staging in that period, before they really get into the harbors really thick, that white gulp with the darter jig head just does really well. So I think, if I had to guess, I think because these fish are just into that period you know if you're, if you're not familiar like just a little context when when these kings come in for their fall run um it, this is the end of their life cycles they have they they have a, a, a four-year lifespan at the end of that four years they come into the harbors and the rivers where they were stocked to complete the spawning cycle the fish on our side largely are believed to uh not naturally reproduce they don't just have the right systems or the right uh uh yeah stuff in place uh, a lot of the natural reproduction that we know of is happening on the Michigan side, they have a lot more of those pristine rivers and tributaries where they'll run into cold water, clean, clean and clear. It's more conducive to to uh, breeding. So when our fish come into our harbors and some of the rivers like the Root River and Milwaukee River, stuff like that, there, there might be, but generally it doesn't happen. But they're still going through that whole process. When when as we get closer to that September period, these fish start to stage. When that happens they stop feeding um and 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 at that point you're catching these fish out of uh either aggravating them or natural kind of like instinctual strikes Mm -hmm. Uh, but i think that that white gulp in the staging process is so effective um just because they haven't forgotten about that eating process they might not eat actively but i think something (laughs) about it might remind them about eating smallly thought uh because there's a there's a period of time in in like august where it really shines then once you kind of get into the run your 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 regular you know like p lines type uh jigging spoons then they really start to pick up their own momentum and i don't find that the salmon hit the gulp setup as much so these are just things i've observed over you know a couple of years now that there seems to be a period where that jig bite kind of flips a little bit and and that might be just my experience it could be different from somebody else
4: Interesting okay. how, you know, it's, it's almost a little bit relatable to, to, you know, the bass spawn, because, you know, there's that period of time where, you know, they just kind of don't eat anymore, but they still have like that sort of protective or aggressive bite to them. Right. And like, they know it's food, but they're like, nah. <laughs> <Right.
3: laughs> <You> no. <know? laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, you know, right? they're probably just exhausted from their whole breeding procedure. Right. Exactly. They want to right. relax and. But it's great because then once they do get on the bite, you smash them all, right? Oh, my gosh. Oh, those yes, those that
4: aggressive bite, man. Yeah. Oh, in the fall time, when you're just like trolling like a little crankbait behind you, whether it be the, um, uh oh, my gosh, why am I blanking on what they are? Um,
3: <laughs> flicker metals.
4: Yes, flicker shad. Yeah, flicker sheds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you can troll those behind you, you know, you're only going like, miles an hour, you know, and then just a salmon just totally annihilates it, and your reel is just, and this fish is going airborne several times. Oh my God. Like nothing, nothing compares with that. It is just amazing.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a thrill. I mean, it's, it's, it's the, it's the top tier fishing in our area. I mean, it it doesn't get any, Better than that. It's not like we're in the ocean where you can go out for tuna yes. or, or Goliath <laughs> or <laughs> I mean, we, we have salmon. That, that's our apex uh, fish in in our in our area. Um, so it's nothing like it for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. And a little uh, tidbit, you know, I like to give to some new people too is if uh, you know you are wanting to use crankbaits and whatnot, I would highly recommend you uh, upgrade your hooks too because. Oh, yeah. A 25 pound king salmon will straighten them or break the out of the box factory ones. Like, so, yeah. upgrade your hooks. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, <rubbish>. know, yeah. <laughs> you,
3: you want at least two X strong hooks or three or four X for sure. Don't you know if you bring your little square bill out, it'll catch fish, but it, it will bend those hooks out immediately, <laughs> yes. and you'll lose them. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Big tip.
4: Awesome. Awesome. Well, do you have anything else, uh, that you want to add as far as like, you know, salmon fishing goes or, uh, like anything, you know, going around, uh, or happening, you know, around your area, any events or anything coming up?
3: Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not sure exactly when folks will get to watch the, the podcast here, but, um, one of the things that I've been working on since last year is to, uh, Build and lay the foundation for the uh, Lake Michigan kayak fishing community to come together, meet, network, um, get information, and and also develop and lay the found, uh, lay the foundation for the competitive scene and in, in doing um, you know what you would, might call a a, a a tournament, but it's not quite like what you think a tournament is. Um, more so, these are um, just fishing periods. I call them battles. Um, the way we, we've we run this now, are, well, first let me say that the, the, this will be the second year that we're going to be doing the King of the Kings kayak battle. And uh, it, it went over really well last year. Uh, people really enjoyed it. Um, this year, uh, we're doing it again. And uh, it, it's it's a one-week period, essentially, where you can fish Four kings and it's two categories. The main one is the big five. Put together your biggest five kings over a one week period. Um, you know, I find that uh, one of the challenges with kayak fishing, like Michigan, is if you pick one day to do any kind of a tournament or derby or whatever. If that day is crap weather, it, it's all down the drain, right? It's not like yes. a boat where you, if you have a big boat, you can still get out there and you know two three footers or whatever and do your thing. <laughs> you can't do it in a kayak. Yeah, no. so we, you know, I, I, I. I Decided, we run it for a one-week period. It gives everyone seven days to figure it out. Get out there when you can, for it to take into account weather, family, work responsibilities. However, you got one week to you can do it all in one day. Get all your fish. You could do it out throughout the week. Um, put together your biggest five fish, and uh, you can do your upgrades as many times as you want to just get your biggest five. Um, and uh, and that's like the main one. And this year, the guys in the group wanted to do a side pot for just the, the biggest fish, so now they've added a category. And um, and so yeah, we're you know we're laying the found, uh, the the foundation here to, uh, one, give people in the community a, a chance to get more on the competitive side. You know, a lot of bragging rights uh, here <laughs> uh, this year. We're, we're we're throwing some money into the into the into the mix of things to you know maybe do some placement, uh, cash outs for, for prizing and stuff like that. And it's something that I look forward to next year, um, getting potentially, um, you know, sponsors on board to then fund prizing and, and grow it there. And, and, uh, so the, you know, the more people that are involved, it helps when I can take those numbers and run it back to companies. Say, hey, we had this many people participate. We had this, da da da. Here's some pictures. Here's some, some video footage of, of, you know what it was done and, and we can use that to grow things you know my ultimate goal and i would love to see that um you know there be a lake michigan kayak fishing series and that it's three events in the year and it's, it's a there's a spring period there's a summer event um and then there's the fall one for the kings and and, and um and and then do something where you have the individual thing and then for the whole year there's like an angler of the year thing you know mm-hmm. where it encompasses all three events and you know the, the, the springtime for the coho is great because you don't have to go far for them you go right out in front of the harbors when they when they're in close um so it's good up good kayak fishing opportunities for that and then in the fall for the kings summertime is where it gets tricky that'll separate, <laughs> separate yeah. the vets from, from the new guys yeah because <laughs> it, you gotta get off to off into the water um and find them yeah, you know, depending on the year, sometimes deep. It just kind of depends on where we're at with the water temps. But uh that 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 would be the, the in my mind that'll be the event that separates right like mm-hmm. the crowd from one another. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see. It'll really be interesting. So you know, we haven't got there just yet. I'm largely doing this myself with the help of Rob and, and, and a few other folks, but so it's a lot to juggle because I'm I'm still managing my own thing and and my content and trips and stuff and I'm trying to do this in in parallel, um, so we'll see how it goes. I'm not trying to overburden myself, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's and it's open to anybody. Anybody wants to get involved, you know. So look up Lake Michigan kayak fishing group on Facebook and just request to join it and get you in there. Oh,
4: cool. awesome i'm excited for you man i i I love what you've been doing like your videos and everything have just again you know i'm just like i'm watching everything and i'm like god i want to go salmon fishing right now like (laughs) legit last week i had three nights in a row where i dreamed of salmon fishing so just get out there
3: you hold the rod have someone else reel it in for you (laughs) There you go. Good Hold yeah. <laughs> Be like here,
4: here, reel it in. <laughs> no, I mean you <laughs>
3: hold the rod. Just have someone lean over and reel it in.
4: Yeah. You, just, you know, <laughs> right. Well, the world is away. With oh, I know. I know it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, definitely excited to uh, you know see how things progress for you. And uh, I love your idea of you know having like a sort of like a league or you know. Yeah. series or whatever you know you end up calling up man yeah. like i i could see this thing growing Kinda, you know with...
3: yeah i'm trying to i think maybe like a club i think a club might be the best kind of thing and, and then within the mm-hmm. club you know um we we organize stuff around it um you know because it, again it's it's very different you know when you look up how tournaments run and they're on site it's a one that that's not how this works it's it's more of like a here's a period you go out and fish within it, you just bring back the stuff, you weigh it in, you weigh in your fishing mm-hmm. lake Michigan <laughs> angler, and then we do it. So it's 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 a bit, it's it's not quite online like you would like an online KBF thing, but for it's sure. not exactly it's 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 a very unique um system. And I think but I think yeah. that's the way it has to work for kayak fishing Lake Michigan. I don't think any other kind of a format, you know, like shout out to the GLKF um on their thing, but a lot of times, I mean, last few years you got one day to fish in I, I always screw up the name Manitowoc? Manitowoc, Manitowoc,
4: yep. Manitowoc
3: yeah yeah you got one day to fish it and generally that day is crap weather. it's crap. <laughs> it's yeah crap it
4: was, weather it's rainy uh, it's
3: super windy I'm like yeah. man I and I haven't gone because I, I just feel like I don't want to drive four hours to it's not just, fun to fish in that crappy weather. Exactly enough that I don't feel like I need to <laughs> I'm not stressing the one day for a tournament. Like I'm not right. You know, my yeah. focus on creating, I don't I don't participate in even in the in the stuff that I'm organizing. I don't one, I don't participate because I feel like I don't feel right in the optics of organizing it. And then if I win, I don't I it's for you guys. I'm just helping the lay the foundation and, and then try and get brands involved to grow it. And that's the extent of my involvement. I'm I'm more interested in in the uh, filming and educating side of it, and not necessarily the tournament stuff. It, it uh, you know, I, I I just enjoy watching others, you know, go at it, and yeah, it's kind of where I'm at with it.
4: Awesome,
3: cool. Well, um, I I know
2: we usually uh, like to give you a, sh- a chance to shout out, like where folks can find you online and um, yeah. that kind of stuff, like with your social media and stuff.
3: Yeah, uh, everything is Shasha the Yakker, C H I C I T Y Y A K E R. Uh, YouTube channel for all the videos, um, Instagram and Facebook. Those are the three places where, 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 where I'm at, where I can be reached for um, for the videos. You can check out, you know, there's a lot of good stuff there on rigging, on technique, on just out there and the experience on the big water, um, you know, throughout the year. Um, I'll do webinars. And these are great opportunities to, you know, in in the videos, you uh, I don't want to make these extravagantly long videos. We all know we all have our attention spans. I try to keep it within, you know, I try to keep it action packed, meat and potatoes of of the content. Uh, And and because of that, I don't always get to dive into the nuances of the techniques. So the webinars are a great complement to what I do because then I really get to, because I get to put it on a a PowerPoint and write it down, I can talk about this is why I do this. And here's the, you know, these are the little things that you're like, oh, that <laughs> that makes sense, right? Cause I don't get to talk about it in the video. Um, so the webinars and people are loving it. You know, it's been great because I started it this year and the first one I did was for Spring Co. I had a bunch of people sign up for it. We did the webinar. Literally a few days later, a couple of the, uh, a couple of the folks that were in the webinar emailed me like, oh my God, thank you so much. I limited it out on coho for the first time that was, you couldn't have done it without the information you gave me. And I'm like, dude, that made my day, you know, that, that's really cool. Um, and so the webinars are, are there. Um, I, I've done, I also do like on the water classes and we'll take like a small group of, of folks and we'll go out and it's more of like a practical application. We'll take them out. And uh, we did, I did a spring on the water. So I take people out I, We'd get their setups going with their coho rigs. I'd show them how to set their lines, how to do this, how to do that. And then we go out and they would go fishing. I'm just kind of floating around, do a little fishing myself, but I'm most, mostly there to like a like a like a again, like an instructor or a coach just going around. You know, they hook up and I speed on over to them. And all right, this is how you want to fight the fish. They calm. A lot of people when, when you get hooked, it's 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 your adrenaline kicks in. And you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> and that's the fastest way to lose that fish because you're, you're starting to kind of freak out in a good way you're like happy you're excited um so i got to coach people through okay hey take your time do this you know so i'm teaching people how to properly fight these fish bring them in do this do that so that um, they can build the confidence up they can get the knowledge and then again they can take that and apply it on their future fishing trips so they can be successful so th- that's really fun I, I really enjoy it and um and then on the weekends, you can find me at Lake Michigan Angler. Um, it's essentially the, the premier cool. salmon fishing specialty shop in in, in the, the northern Illinois, southern Wisconsin area for all your salmon <laughs> and trout tackle. Not just that, but we've got a lot of stuff for your ice fishing needs, um, live bait as well. So if you're if you're looking to get rigged up, if you're kayak, it doesn't matter if you're kayak, small boater, big boater. If you ever need anything flashers dodgers weights rods real setups leg cores dive wired divers everything we got everything We get you set up you can also instruct you on how to use it properly so that you know our goal is to educate you from from the jump on what you need so it saves you money down the road from buying whatever you find anywhere else and you realize oh that wasn't the right buy i just wasted money we're really adamant about getting you set up the right way from the jump you save a little bit, you're going to save in the long term because we're giving you the stuff we know works, works for our charter captains day in and day out. It's going to work for you. And you know, again, a lot of stuff you don't have to break the bank, you really don't to get out here and, and, and uh, have a good time and get on some salmon.
2: Awesome!
4: Awesome.
3: All right.
2: Um, well, um, I guess I uh, will start wrapping it up. I guess, um, um thanks again for coming on uh, folks. If you guys uh, want to look up uh, uh, Michael and um, we'll have links in the show notes for um, uh, all the things he talked about. Plus uh, we'll, uh, we'll make sure we include uh, some of the setup stuff that he was talking about, like the ugly stick rod and, and the reel, and maybe uh, uh, some examples of some of those uh, the uh, flashes. flashes. And, yep. Yeah. So uh, make sure you check that out in the show notes. And um, again, thanks, Michael. I appreciate you so much uh, coming on and, um, you know, that I, I I need to make a trip up to Lake Michigan now for sure. So. And, yeah,
3: <laughs> Now's the time. Right. Now's I, the time. I think we should have yes. a
2: paddle and fin meet up there, Susie. Uh, what we, do you think? You that? know
4: what? We need to have a fall event and do exactly this, this type of exactly. thing. Exactly. Just the whole
3: weekend, you know. Yep. There you, know, let's you go. Do yeah, let's do it. it. it <laughs> like, fall run is about to start. I mean, on Monday, it was on fire. I went four for seven on Kings. Oh, four.
4: Oh, God. Yeah. oh
3: that's awesome yeah, yeah wow. they were smacking the cranks it was it was dumb and then the <laughs> next day it was terrible right yeah movie. it's, it's crazy movie. how fast it changes oh, yeah. you know it's
4: just yeah. like one it, day you're out there and it's one day with fire i come it, out
3: the next day i had a guided right. trip no less and i'm like oh yeah it's gonna be good again nothing changed you know with, with the tent with with the water everything you know mostly the same, same. it wasn't like significant difference would they have a drastic <laughs> change overnight of weather conditions but they were just a lot of fish left the harbor again, so they're they're very fluid. Anyway, not to deter, but <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you.
4: Awesome. Thank you, Michael
3: yeah all right guys
4: remember how to close it out again yeah yeah
2: we'll take care of that so guys thanks again for tuning in to another episode of best fishing for noobs we'll have to change the title for today just to be salmon fishing for noobs but uh (laughs) thanks for tuning again this has been best fishing for noobs on the Panel and pin podcast where we bring you the techniques the tricks and the tips to help you rip more lips you guys have a good night
1: Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.